0: We're going to continue with our discussion of motivation. We're going to move on in this segment to reviewing the stages of change because, you know, sometimes you're a little bit ready to change and sometimes you are ready to change. And we're going to talk about how to increase your motivation for change. And we'll explore different types of motivation and how to enhance them. So stages of change can be applied to just about anything that you do. Pre-contemplation is when you don't even think that there's a problem. So think about getting into a swimming pool. It's hot outside. You're sitting on the pool deck. You're getting sun. And you're really not all that hot yet. You know, everybody else is starting to get in the pool. But you're like, you know, it's not a problem. Sweating's good for me. I got this. So you won't get in the pool at this point. You're not even thinking about getting in the pool. When we're talking about change, this is when there's something going on other people may be going you might have a problem with this or you might want to think about changing your eating habits or your exercise or whatever and you're thinking you know no i'm good thanks please go away now there are a lot of different reasons for thinking that way one maybe you don't really know the personal impact it's having you don't realize how bad it is for you Um, another reason you may not want to do it is Partly because somebody told you you needed to. And you're like, no, thank you. I have got control of my own life and I will do what I want when I want. So dealing with the control issues is a whole different issue. But recognizing if you are one of those people who is resistant to doing something, if somebody points it out, is important to managing your own self. You know, you might be able to step back later that night or something and go, you know what, that person might have had a point. And start thinking about it the person who is a resigned pre-contemplator has tried to change before really hasn't had much success and they're just like you know what it's not worth the effort i'm fine the way i am because even if i try i may fail so one of the things that we can do as supportive people of people who are not ready to change is to help them figure out what the benefits are to the new behavior and highlight successes, strengths, and supports, um, and help them create plans with small goals that encourage frequent successes. So if you're helping your child, for example, learn how to become a more effective student, you know, maybe they've tried to study for tests before and still not done well on the test. We want to help them see successes, times they've done well, their strengths, and then help them set smaller goals, like increasing how much they study each day, um, maybe adding something like talking to the teacher or showing the teacher their notes so the teacher can help make sure that they're taking effective, adequate notes in terms of what he or she is gonna test on. We can help them start finding ways to make that change. They may not be quite ready yet. In contemplation, You know, this is the person going, you know, I'm starting to get a little hot, but I'm not ready to get in the pool yet. So this is the person who sees where they may have a little bit of an issue. We're not ready to call it a problem yet. Um, But they're, they're not ready to do anything about it. And a lot of us fall into that trap or that phase for a while. When it comes to things like changing eating habits or starting exercise, losing weight, stopping smoking, a lot of our health-related behaviors, the media tells us all the time about what we should be doing, and we hear it, and we don't do anything about it. We're in that contemplation stage. We know there are things we could do that are better for ourselves, but we're not motivated yet. So one of the things we can do... Is Start learning how to tip what's called the decisional balance scales. We need to make staying the same more uncomfortable And we need to make whatever the ideal changes more enticing Increase our motivation by kind of playing head games with ourselves, if you will We also want to address anxiety and and grief about change, you know frustration of times We've tried to change in the past and fears that if we try to do it again, we're going to fail I've worked with, you know, dozens of people who've tried to start living a healthier lifestyle and eating healthier and, you know, over 20 years, and they're on that yo-yo diet pattern. They diet, they do well for a week, maybe a month, and then they fall back into old behaviors. And so they're frustrated, and they feel like they can't move forward. So one of the things that we start early on doing is identifying what has worked. What has stuck and also looking at prior change efforts and figuring out why they failed and most of the time it's because the old behavior was still way more rewarding they didn't plan for obstacles to achieving their goals and or the new goal was too big or too unrewarding you know if you want to start getting healthier and you're like okay i need to start exercising my mother would regularly set this goal and she'd start working out and then it would start to hurt and then she would decide, you know what no I'm not going I, I hurt too much so we need to address that with, with my mother we needed to slow down instead of going in and going gung-ho the first week we need to start by going to the gym and walking on the treadmill for 15 minutes and then the next week walking for 20 minutes and slowly increasing the amount of time she spent, not adding weightlifting or anything yet, necessarily. So she didn't hit that barrier, which for her was pain. Um, So you want to look at prior change. Why did you fail? What caused you to go, you know, this is not worth it. I give up. Some people, when they go on a diet, if they have, you know, they're Sticking with their new nutritional plan and then they have a slip day or a cheat day or whatever you want to call it And they don't follow their plan and they beat themselves up about it and they get stuck beating themselves up instead of saying you know what time to Drop back and punt start over again or learn from my mistakes a lot of times if people are having difficulty sticking to whatever the behavior change is is because it is too harsh too fast small steady progress Um, obviously if it's if it's a medical issue like diabetes that's not going to be possible sometimes and that's between you and your doctor but if you're doing this because it's something that you just want to change slow steady progress what can what small change can you make maybe start drinking more water do that for a week And then the next week, maybe cut out sweets, you know, just your over the counter cookies, cake, candy, that kind of stuff. And then the next week, cut out any added table sugar, you know, small changes about a week at a time. Give yourself some time to digest them and get used to them and start making them a habit before you add another one. Those tend to be a lot more successful than just waking up and going, I am going to turn my life upside down, topsy turvy, and. Do all new things. You want to visualize change. You want to see yourself eating healthier, becoming a physical fitness person. I don't want to say gym rat because you can exercise without becoming a gym rat. Um, you can go to the gym, do your thing, and go home and feel a lot better in 45 minutes a day. So once you start getting there, then you start thinking, you know what? This might actually be worth the change. So back to our pool analogy. The person's thinking, I'm hot, but I'm not, I'm not ready to get in the pool. It's cold. In preparation, they're starting to see the pool starting to look more enticing. They're thinking, you know what, I'm, I'm really starting to get uncomfortable. Maybe I'll just stick my toe in and see how it feels. Now, if you've ever gotten into a cold pool on a hot day, you put your feet in and you're like, oh, my. Um, so it's important to help the person at this point or help yourself increase what we call self-efficacy and hardiness and you know, those are just you know, terms we throw around commitment control and challenge you need to increase your commitment to this change so if you're going to go and put your foot in the pool you know you've got to commit to leaving it in there for a few minutes so your so your legs can adjust and you know how when you've been in the pool for a few minutes you generally start feeling better control you have the ability pull your feet out or leave them in there you know you're not out of control in this situation which gives a lot of people a sense of personal power but in terms of behavior change it's got to be a little bit of a challenge you know if you want to do it it needs to be something that has a reward it needs to be worth worth doing so you can look back and go i did that so you want to start learning about the issues and you know with the pool that's not so much of a you know the water's going to be cold and it'll warm up when we're talking about behavior change though you know let's stick with eating healthfully what does that look like what does it mean to eat healthfully does it mean eating vegetables only does it what what does that look like for you so start learning about it and figuring out what changes you're willing to make maybe you're willing to you know cut out everything, cut out red meat, but not willing to cut out chicken. Or maybe you're willing to um, cut out sugar, but not willing to cut out grains. So you need to figure out what it looks like and what's important to you. Um, When we're talking about stopping smoking, learn about the issue. Why do people smoke? What are the withdrawals like? What things are out there to help you deal with those cravings? Um, And what does a successful smoking cessation program usually look like? Because there are components to it. So you need to educate yourself in order to be able to make the best plan. Then identify motivations in each area and create small successes for each component of the goal. So think about all the reasons it'll help you feel better emotionally, mentally, physically. It'll improve your relationships. It'll improve how you feel about yourself. And it may improve your environment. And then for each component of the goal, for example, eating healthfully for a day or going without cigarettes for a day, figure out some way to give yourself some sort of positive reward for that. And what's your motivation for doing that? Um, Maybe it's just to prove to yourself that you can, um, but you want to identify reasons that you wanna go a whole day without smoking or eating red meat or whatever your goal is. In preparation you know we're still in that stage where we're not quite ready to make the change yet but we're creating the plan we're creating the crisis you want to identify and address barriers to change so if you are a smoker and you hang out with smokers um, maybe you always take your break and go to the smoking patio so how are you going to address that when you're not smoking anymore? Are you going to go down there? Are you going to have to find new people to hang out with at break time? You know, that's actually a pretty big issue for a lot of people because they may feel isolated or Cut off from the friends that they used to hang out with um, What are you going to do when you hit those habit periods where you just you've always had a, a cigarette at that point in time? Um, How are you going to handle it if you go somewhere where a lot of people are smoking and you smell it and you start having cravings? So those are all things you got to think about ahead of time and kind of plan. If you tried to stop smoking before, look at all the reasons that you have quit, quit trying to change, quit trying to stop smoking and figure out how to address those because you know those are going to be obstacles in your current change process. Highlight the strengths and past successful strategies. So if you've tried to stop smoking or start eating healthfully before and you've done it for four hours or a day or a week or a month, what helped you do it for that period of time? Those are strengths. You can build on those. It doesn't mean they're going to be 100% successful, but it's something that you know works. Get social support. You know, get friends that you tell your goal to. Get friends that are willing to do it with you. Um, find friends that are supportive of this new healthy lifestyle. You know, maybe you start hanging out with a running club. Um, so you're getting in shape and, you know, you can't smoke and run at the same time. There are a lot of different ways you can get social support. And you also want to give yourself support. You know, remind yourself, remember, we talked about having empathy. Have empathy for yourself, and when you're having a rough day, when it feels like it's really hard to do that change, how are you going to handle that? You know, Cut yourself some slack, not enough to relapse, but enough to say, you know what, this really sucks today. What do I need to do to make it more rewarding? Envision change and find motivating stories from others. So envision yourself as a healthier person or as a non-smoker or whatever your goal is, and find people, in your community who are your friends who've gone through similar things so you know it's possible and you can maybe learn from them and you can say when you encountered something like this when you started getting you know exhausted with trying to do this how did you keep going the final stage of change is action well maintenance but um we're in the stage right now where you're ready to do something you're going to take action hey surprise the name of the stage you're tired of being hot. You're tired of, um, you know, coughing all the time because you're smoking. You're tired of feeling blah, because you're not eating healthfully. You're, whatever it is, your motivation's there. You're like, all right, fine. I've got a plan. I'm done. Let's do this. So you want to identify ways to ensure your motivation is maintained. Keep a list of all the reasons you're doing this. Keep a list of all the rewards that you're going to get. Put rewards in your environment, not just, you know, pat yourself on the back. But if you go an entire day without smoking, what can you do that is rewarding? You know, is it a bubble bath? Is it going out to dinner? Is it going shopping? Is it, you know, you don't want to get too extravagant because going shopping every single day is probably going to break the bank. But what can you do to congratulate yourself? And make sure you put those frequently. For adults, we can usually make it with weekly rewards but sometimes especially with smoking cessation you may need some daily rewards here and for the first couple of weeks so figure out how you're going to do that Um, identify triggers and how they could cause relapse and how to deal with them so what things make you want to smoke what things make you crave you know unhealthy foods for me um, if I go to even just being out in my backyard if I smell the neighbors barbecuing I start craving red meat and potatoes Um, the smell of it is the trigger for me so how do I deal with it you know I'm not just gonna go inside every time I smell the neighbors barbecuing or I'd never be in my backyard but I have to be able to plan on how to deal with it so know what your triggers are if you smoke when you're stressed When you get stressed, what are you going to do instead? And you don't want to replace it with something that's equally addicting like eating. So, you know, how can you deal with it? Can you call a friend? Can you go on a walk? Can you journal? What is it that will help you deal with stress besides smoking? So once you've made this change and you're a non-smoker or you're a healthy eater or you're whatever it is, and you've maintained that behavior for a little while a couple of weeks now you're moving into the maintenance phase you're not changing anything anymore you're just holding steady so you want to step back and look at how far you've come you know give yourself kudos for the hard work that you've done stay mindful of continuing to work your program because there are going to be triggers you're going to smell the neighbors barbecuing or you're going to go to a concert and you're going to smell smoke So remain vigilant for relapse triggers where, you know, things that may have made you want to engage in that behavior before make you want to do it again. And make minor adjustments as needed. We're human. We change. Life changes. Situations change. So you may have periods where you need to change up what you're doing in order to maintain this um, forward momentum. Um, For example, if you decide that you're going to start going to the gym and you're walking on the treadmill or whatever, eventually you may start getting bored with that. And in order to keep your motivation going, you may have to switch machines or join a fitness group or have somebody meet you at the gym so you have somebody to talk to when you're at the treadmill. These are the kind of minor adjustments I mean. But when you find that you're starting to lose your enthusiasm for this new behavior, It's time to figure out how can I up my motivation again. Now, relapse is not mandatory. Um, If relapse in terms of the pool, you're really hot and you go and you get in the pool and it's too cold and you just jump back out. You're like, "Uh uh-uh, too uncomfortable. Not doing that. Relapse means falling back into old ways of thinking and acting. So going back to smoking, going back to eating unhealthily, going back to um hanging out with the wrong people, whatever it is that you've tried to change. Again, it's not a requirement for recovery. If you catch yourself when your motivation starts to wane and you make it more rewarding to keep doing the next right thing, you're not going to relapse. But if you do, it's important to look at what triggered the relapse. Was it stress? Was it hanging out with the wrong people? Was it smells? Was it, what was it that made you decide, you know what? Screw these new behaviors that I've been working on for the last three months. I'm going to go back to the old way because it was a lot easier. So figure out what it was that triggered the relapse and how to address that so you can get back on the proverbial horse. One way you can do that is through the pies approach. Proximity, provide the intervention in the natural environment. So if you're doing something, for example, trying to um, start working out more and it starts getting boring, what can you do in that environment to make it more exciting? I mean, you can put pictures and stuff all over your house, but that's not going to help you when you're on the treadmill. So what is it that you can do to make that environment more rewarding? Immediacy intervene as soon as possible or the loss of motivation is noticed So as soon as you notice yourself dragging your feet or going this really sucks Do something about it figure out why you want to change And address all the reasons you're contemplating Going back to the old behaviors and address them Because if you don't it's kind of like leaving a wound that hasn't been cleaned out We need to get all of those issues taken out of the closet, you know, all the dirt taken out of the wound, whatever you want to say. So it's not pulling us backwards. Expectancy. Expect that what you're going to do, expect this change is going to be successful and that you have the ability to do it. If you expect you're going to fail, then you're going to fail. If you expect that you're going to relapse, then guess what? And keep it simple. Listen, show empathy, and demonstrate understanding for yourself. Keep it simple. Try not to make it too, you know, overwhelming because you've got life going on and you're trying to make this change, which takes a lot of energy. Small steps, listen to yourself and, you know, kind of ask yourself, can I do this this week or is this a change too big for me? How can I break it down? Be empathetic with yourself. You know, some people are like, you know, I'm either going to do it all out or I'm not going to do it at all because that's just the way to do it without having empathy for themselves and going, you know what, that is going to be really freaking hard to do. So give yourself some empathy. And when you're doing something hard, like starting to eat healthier or stopping smoking or, you know, whatever the behavior is, be kind to yourself. Recognize that some days you're going to get out of bed and go, you know, this really sucks. Yeah, it does. However, you can do it. So demonstrate understanding and provide yourself the same encouragement you would provide your friend, your child, you know, you and provide yourself the encouragement you would hope someone would give you. So the more types of motivation involved, the stronger the motivational force. So if you're just doing it in order to lose weight, you know, you're going to be kind of motivated. But if you're looking at it eating healthier for example um, because you want to lose weight and you want to have more energy and you'll feel happier because you can engage and play with your kids and have more energy to do that it'll improve your relationships with your family and you'll have more energy to go out and do things with your friends and you know there's a lot of things you know if you get in a normal weight range that may happen um, by eating healthier so identify all of the reasons All of the possible motivations for this behavior and all of the effects that it will have on you the positive effects be aware of signs of decreasing motivations such as failure to attempt change you just wake up in the morning and you're like nah not even gonna worry about it today or resistance you know kind of dragging your feet going if you hear yourself going yes but I should order this food because it's healthier but whatever that's resistance yes buts are always resistance so you need to figure out why is the better alternative not as rewarding and lack of enthusiasm what can you do to maintain your enthusiasm and you may have to like I said play mind games with yourself give yourself little rewards Um, if you maybe you're trying to stop cursing and so every time you keep yourself from cursing you put 25 cents in a jar and then at the end of the week you get to go out shopping Or maybe every time you think about having a cigarette you put 25 cents in a jar You know there are a lot of things you can do financially so at the end of the week You can take your booty and go out and have some sort of reward which can can help maintain enthusiasm Social motivations are super helpful. If you've got somebody on the other end that is going to challenge you, that is going to support you, that is going to encourage you, it's going to be a lot easier to make whatever change it is. Rate your motivation on each target behavior each day. So if your goal, for example, is to lose weight, you may decide that two of the things that you're going to do are go to the gym and drink eight glasses of water. So your motivation needs to be ranked on going to the gym. How motivated were you? And how motivated were you to drink the water? So each part of the plan, each behavior that you're trying to change, you need to make sure the motivation is staying high. Motivation is behavior-specific. So if you want to be happier... Well, that's, that's broad. So we need to figure out what are the things that you need to do, what are the target behaviors. For example, take medication, walk for 30 minutes, and when you feel sad, write in your journal. Those are three different behaviors. And, you know, you may be motivated to do one but not the other two. So we need to increase motivation for all three. If you want to improve your stress management, that is, reduce anxiety, In order to improve stress management, maybe you need to get adequate sleep, start delegating unnecessary stressors, and reduce caffeine. So again, you're going to rate your motivation for each behavior. Because if you get adequate sleep, that's great. But if you continue to take on unnecessary stressors and drink caffeine like it's being mainlined, you're probably not going to reduce your anxiety very much. So what are these... Sources of motivation we keep talking about emotional motivation are things that make you happy. So, do a decisional balance and identify all of the reasons the new behavior makes you happy and the old behavior or staying the same makes you unhappy or adds distress. Also, look at the reason the old behavior makes you happy because you're going to have to kind of tone that down. So, if for example you used to smoke. Because it helped you relax. You know, that's a benefit of the old behavior. So we need to find new, healthier ways to help you relax. And if the new behavior adds to stress, so maybe you know, staying with smoking, because that's one we've been using, not smoking when you get stressed. You're like, well, what do I do with all this stress? We need to figure out something that's rewarding that you can do. Maybe get a punching bag and hit it or go out on a walk or... What is it that you can do? Um, Some people will drink decaf coffee or something to help them feel a little bit better. So you need to figure out something rewarding you can do when you feel stressed that will help you deal with that stress. Mental motivation are reasons, logical reasons, why you should change. So you want to find available information to support the desired behavior. Why is this good for you? How is it going to help you? Why is it that you have a reasonable expectation that this is going to be a good thing? So again, identify the reasons the new behavior is logical and helpful to you achieving your long-term goals. If you want to have this wonderful interactive relationship with your family, in what ways does this new behavior support that? You know, if you're stopping smoking, it'll... Potentially keep you around longer. Maybe you'll have more energy because you'll be able to breathe better. You know, whatever you think. Identify ways the old behavior is unhelpful to achieving your long-term goals. So again, if you want to be there to see your great-grandkids and have energy to play with your children and all that kind of stuff, you probably want to head off things like COPD and emphysema. Um, Identify the logical reasons. Uh, Decrease the old behavior um, and ways it's logical to helping you achieve your goals. So if you smoke to reduce stress and you want to be stress-free when you're hanging out with your kids, yes, that's true. However, how else can you deal with stress that's healthier, that will more effectively help you move towards your goal of being interactive with your family, having energy, and being around to see your great-grandkids? Social motivation are things that increase your self-esteem and self-acceptance. So things that you do that you can look and go, I did that, or I'm proud to say that I am fill in the blank, I exercise five times a week, or I am a non-smoker, or whatever you are proud to say that fits in with your values that you can look at yourself in, in the mirror and go, I did that. Social motivation are also things that increase social approval and acceptance. So your social circle that will provide feedback about the behaviors and things that are acceptable and unacceptable. So um, if eating healthfully, um, being vegetarian or vegan is important to your social circle, then you're probably going to get feedback from them. Um, If they are diehard carnivores, then you may have to find other sources of social approval and acceptance. Environmental motivation includes identifying ways the new behavior will allow you to improve your environment. For example, surrounding yourself with people who are kindred spirits. Um, You know, if you share similar goals, then it's going to increase your social support and having those people in your environment keeps you motivated. It may help you access places that, You wouldn't have gone before maybe you save money from not smoking so you can go on a vacation Um, maybe you save money and you can move into a better neighborhood or go to a nice restaurant once a week and it also gives you access to things in your environment Um, so such as an updated car or maybe when you start exercising you get all new workout clothes and then you start losing weight so you get a whole new wardrobe those are things in your environment that might serve as motivation for why you want to keep going motivation is essential to behavior change and it involves choosing the behavior that provides the greatest reward for the effort so you've got to make sure whatever that behavior you're trying to get rid of you know all the reasons why you don't want to do it anymore and all the reasons this new behavior is awesome so often i hear people in um substance abuse recovery they can tell you all the reasons the old behavior is bad but they can't really tell you why this new lifestyle is so freaking amazing um so and that causes a stumbling block you need to be able to look forward to and be running towards this future goal of why you what you're working towards increasing motivation means enhancing rewards and reducing punishments and drawbacks so Making it more palatable to do whatever it is. Um, In substance abuse recovery, some of the things like a lot of our clients have never done clean and sober. So learning how to go out and be silly, go to a ball game without drinking, um, play volleyball while you're clean and sober. It's something they have to get used to and it becomes more rewarding because they realize it's actually fun and they remember it. Um, reducing punishments and drawbacks if you quit smoking. So, you know, yeah, it's a drawback if you feel a little stressed and you're craving a cigarette, so how can you reduce that? Um, There are a lot of nicotine patches. There are a lot of things doctors can help you with to reduce the craving so it's not so painful in the initial stages. Remember that motivation is good. Behavior, not goal-specific. So if you want to get happier or lose weight, there's a lot of things you've got to do in there, and your motivation for each one of those things has to be addressed. There are five phases of readiness or steps to change, which you will bounce between. You may be in, just kind of like the pool analogy that we used, you may be not thinking you've got a problem, and then start realizing, yeah, it's a problem, a little bit, but I'm not ready to do anything about it you may move all the way up to the point where you decide that it's a problem i'm going to do something i'm going to get in the pool you get in the pool it gets too uncomfortable and you go back to you know what i wasn't that hot after all i see clients do this in change processes a lot when it gets tough when it gets hard they start remembering back to the past and going you know what maybe it wasn't so bad and they start forgetting all of the reasons they wanted to change. So making sure you understand that just because you get ready to do something and you're motivated doesn't mean that motivation won't wane. And it's important to catch it and pull up your motivation as soon as it starts to fall. Waning motivation is the most overlooked component of relapse. And relapse is not a necessary component of recovery. If you catch that motivation when it starts to wane, you will keep going forward. But that means being mindful on a daily basis. If you like this podcast, you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Join our Facebook group at DocSnipes.com Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash AllCEUs Education. Or join our community at DocSnipes.com.